0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three-in-One, who has come in order to give us a job that he has already completed. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ... At the beginning of service, I asked, uh, what's your dream job? What's the thing that, you know, if if you could do anything else right now, uh, what would it be? Or maybe it's you're already in your dream job, and you want to continue doing that. Uh, I mean, if you're an FSU student here, you know that that is supposed to be the response. When somebody says, how are you doing, you are supposed to say back to that, I'm living the dream. For real, like that that is drilled into your orientation leaders, it's drilled into so many different people who work at this campus, that that is the response, that you're supposed to give back. If you are an FSU student or FSU staff, if somebody says, how are you doing, live in the dream. And yet, for so many of us, we are not living the dream. We are are living sort of like the nightmare. We're living in a, a daydream. We're living in a state where we wish we were dreaming. We are living in all sorts of things that are not the dream. And a lot of that is because we're living in sin. And that's very evident out of this gospel reading. This gospel reading that, that starts off with uh, Jesus warning us that um, uh, the, the temptations are going to come. So, so they're inevitable. But woe to you if you're the person through which somebody is tempted. So not even do you have the bad news that you are going to be tempted, but you also have the bad news that you are sometimes going to be The person who is bringing the temptation to the table. Fantastic. And so to this, Jesus says, in a sort of creepily specific way, it would be better for that person to have a millstone put around their neck and to be drowned at the bottom of the sea. It's like yeah, That's not just an image that, you know, comes up out of nowhere. Jesus has done some thinking about this. Like, uh, what would it be better than? It would be better than, and he comes up with this horrible way of drowning somebody. I mean, this is worse than cement shoes. So this is a cement collar. And He's talking to people in apostolic succession, and so maybe that's... Why, we wear collars to remind us that there are millstones out there. But the millstones go to us all, don't they? And really, what Jesus is talking about here is Jesus is talking about a job that we all have. It's it's our vocation that we have together in this room. If you are a Christian... You have these things as a part of your vocation. These are your jobs. So Jesus goes a little bit deeper with his disciples and he says, if your brother sins against you seven times in a day and repents, then you have to forgive him. We go... Okay, Jesus, as long as they're really small sins, as long as they're sort of those misdemeanor sins, I think I can maybe do seven. But if they're big, well, if they're big, then what, maybe one equals seven kind of a thing, or, or we figure out the math there. We're, we're much better with the, the other one. If, if your brother starts to sin, then you rebuke him yeah sometimes we're we're kind of better with that sometimes we're like well i don't want to do that either because that would mean that they would get angry with me and oh no but here jesus is when Jesus says this, the disciples' response is classic- The disciples go, Jesus, we don't have enough to do that uh you need to Increase our faith. And, and, and I love the way that, that Luke puts it. It's almost like they're a chorus line. You know, you wish that there were a tune going along with increase our faith. It's like they all respond at the same time. They're snapping, doing a little dance, saying increase our faith, increase our faith. Because this just seems to them to be so difficult. To forgive. And it's that way for us too. It's hard for us to forgive. It's hard to not keep a grudge. It's hard to not see that person who wronged us maybe even years ago. and not have a little bit of animosity creep up. Not withdraw a little bit of the grace that we would want to receive ourselves in that case. And so we can get why the disciples are saying, increase our faith. To which Jesus' response is a kind of a funny response. He says, uh, if you had faith like a mustard seed. Now, we all know mustard seed is really small. Um, uh, if you've been to a church ever, and, uh, and this text has been preached on, um, you, know, you get into the, the how small the mustard seed is. It's about a millimeter to two millimeters, whatever. Um, and then it grows up into the biggest shrub So it grows up into a big azalea. And and really, the big deal about the mustard seed is not even about how big of a bush it is. It is a big bush. But uh, the bigger deal about the mustard plant is, is that it has a lot of roots. And so it's a lot like an azalea. If you've ever tried to take up an azalea, those things are near impossible to get out because they have this really, really intricate root system. And so when Jesus is saying... You could just talk to the bush and say, up. And you would be like Harry Potter. Or Hermione Granger. And it would just float up and you could throw it into the sea. And and what Jesus is saying there really is, you, you don't have this kind of faith right now. Because he's he's saying, this isn't about increasing your faith, this is about the kind of faith. If you had a faith that was this small, you could do this stuff, but you don't even have a faith that's this small. Which means that we have to talk about what faith is. That faith is this experience that we have of trusting God. Which brings us to that awful word that I used earlier. Submission. We hate that word. We hate that word because we're Americans and because that's a British word. (laughs) That's what you do with a king and we don't have a king and so therefore I'm not going to submit to anything. I am maybe going to buy into some stuff. I'll do that with my taxes. But submit? If anybody asks me to submit, I'm not doing it. In fact, it, it, it is so outside of the norm that it is its own sort of sexual fetish out there right now. This whole thing about Fifty Shades of Grey and all of that, It's lumped into this category called submission. And the weird thing about submission, both sexually, and I think this happens in all of our sexual relationships, but also in terms of our relationship with God, is that in order to submit, we have to trust. and when we fail to submit that we fail to trust and failing to trust is it's a really sad place to be it's a place in which we start grabbing at our own rights it's a place where we start grabbing at our own needs. It's a place where we don't trust that God has what's best in mind for us. It's a place in which we don't think that another person has what's best in mind for us. And unfortunately, because we live in a sinful world, oftentimes they don't. And that's the difference with God. Is that God says... If you submit to me, it will be okay. And that's tough to hear. It's tough to hear that we've got a role in God's kingdom, and that that role is the servant who comes in after working all day in the field and is told, hey, um, will you now get dinner? Not even a thank you for doing that, but hey, go get dinner. And by the way, you're kind of dirty, so freshen up. And then Jesus says that no master during that time would have done something where it said, hey, good job. And, and we don't feel very affirmed by that, because we want good job. We want the participation trophy of Christianity. We want the but but God, I I showed up to church, and God said, "Yeah, why did you do that?" <laughs> Well, because I I wanted to show you how good I was. You showed up to church for the wrong reason then. We show up here in order to recognize our submission to the one who brings us good gifts. The one who says, here I've got forgiveness for you. Here I've got my word for you. I've got wisdom for you. I have all of this great stuff that God has for you. I've got it right here. This isn't about you showing up and saying, look at me. It's about us showing up and saying, look at him whom I can trust. And when we embrace that trust, when we embrace that faith, when we embrace all of those things, we can be like Paul who's writing to Timothy and writing from a prison cell where he's just about to get executed and he's writing him saying, guard the good deposit in you, which, by the way, that deposit is the thing that's getting me killed. And not complain about it. Because of the gospel, which is sort of almost even lacking from this gospel reading, ironically. But the gospel here is that work as you may. Tire yourself out as God's slave. Die as God's slave as a martyr like Paul did. Stand at the watchtower praying like Habakkuk did. Do all of that stuff. And it doesn't matter as much as Christ's submission to the Father that he encountered on that cross for all of us. So now may you go out this week knowing that even your submission doesn't really matter. Because Christ has submitted to the Father, which has paid the price for your forgiveness. Do with that as you will. Amen.